Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your infertility treatment process, so you can spend less time beating the crap out of yourself with your own brain and more time living your life. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility acupuncturist, board-certified reproductive specialist, and mindset coach, and you've got episode 45. Hello, my dear. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Today, I want to talk about partnerships. And I've done episodes on this before, specifically the one called Fertility and Relationships, pretty obvious. But I thought it might be time for another, since this theme is coming up often in my clinical practice and with my coaching clients these days. Just for a bit of context, when I say partner or partnership, I'm talking about your significant other and presumably the person that you will be parenting the baby with that you make. Families can be built in all sorts of ways and in different combinations, so I don't typically use the language of husband and wife, though this might be the type of relationship that you're in. I just want to clarify that that is what I'm talking about here. Though I will say, these concepts can also be effectively applied to a lot of different people, such as your mother-in-law with a lot of opinions, or maybe your less-than-understanding boss, or generally any other human in your life that you were thinking might be getting in the way of you being able to think and feel in a certain way during your infertility process. So I'm going to give you an example here. Picture this. Your fertility clinic calls you with some bad news. Maybe it's five days post-retrieval and you didn't get as many embryos as you would have liked. Or maybe your PGTA testing results came back and the majority of your embryos are genetically abnormal. Or maybe it's the call to tell you that your pregnancy test is negative this cycle again. And then you text your partner to let them know the news. And they text back one word. Okay. And you think about this. And you let it swirl around in your mind. It just isn't the way that you would respond. Just this one word. Okay. And you think and think and think and get a little bit riled up. And you think about this one word text. And what you make it mean is that your partner doesn't care about this as much as you do, or they're not taking it as seriously as they should, or they don't actually want to do this, or they're dismissing you, or they're thinking of leaving the relationship, or they're just simply insensitive to your emotional pain, or, 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 or. And from there, you feel angry or sad or anxious or irritated or resentful or enraged or any combination, including some or all of those emotions that I just mentioned. And there is continually this thought loop going in your head for the rest of the day. And you get to the point where when you see each other later in the day, you might kind of give them the cold shoulder. You might yell a little or a lot. You probably don't seek clarification around the one word answer. Did they have, I don't know, 15 other things on the go? Or were they in the middle of another conversation? Or maybe they needed to hold it together because they were just about to step into a meeting? And above all, you probably don't ask for what you're needing in that moment. And I'm going to guess that all of this doesn't foster more understanding, compassion, or connection between the two of you. I hear about interactions like this from my patients and clients on a regular basis, And it's the same kind of mechanism that happens every time. A thing happens, like a phone call from the clinic, 
One person in the relationship has a specific set of actions, words, and behaviors they think their other partner should offer in the context of that something happening. And by the way, the first partner doesn't actually clearly make a request for any of these things. They just think the other person should know what a, quote, good partner or good spouse or good husband or good wife would do in the situation. And the other person inevitably doesn't follow this specific set of actions, words, and behaviors. And with all of that, the first partner makes it mean that their partner doesn't care, isn't invested, is cold and unfeeling, doesn't love them, is a bad partner, and wants to leave the relationship. Because in their mind, a quote, good partner or spouse or husband or wife, an invested partner or spouse or husband or wife would have said different words, taken different actions, had different thoughts, and behaved in a different way. This is what I refer to in my work as having a manual for your partner. It's a concept that I learned from my mentor and coach, Brooke Castillo, during my life coaching certification. A manual is a specific set of actions, words, and behaviors that you believe another person should take in a particular circumstance. And if the person follows that manual perfectly, you get to think and feel a certain way about that person. For example, every time you get a call from your fertility clinic with some bad news, your partner should text you back immediately, even if they're in the middle of something else, even better if they drop everything and call you right away. They should ask you if you're okay. They should want to get into the conversation that exact moment and would not want to wait until later to have the conversation. They should speak in soothing tones. They should express a particular level of emotion and disappointment. And if the news is bad enough, they should offer to come home from work immediately to support you. And if they do all of these things, if they follow your manual, you get to tell yourself that they care, that they are invested in the process and in your relationship, that they are a good partner, that they are supportive, that they love you. You get to feel good about your relationship. Because good partners answer texts about bad news right away. Good partners know exactly the right words to say all the time. Good partners aren't allowed to have their own version of processing tough news, especially if it doesn't align with your process. And when I spell it all out like that, I know it sounds a little intense and maybe not so reasonable, but the reality is that we all have manuals for the people in our lives, our families, our employers and colleagues, our friends, and they're usually unconscious. That is, we don't really give them a lot of thought. We just make assumptions. And the problem with having a manual for another person, the ultimate problem, is that other humans have free will and autonomy. They have the ability to choose their own thoughts and behaviors. They have their own set of reasons for making the decisions to think and act the way that they do. And they are completely entitled to do so, just as you are. Now, I want to say that if your partner is doing something in a way that you wouldn't prefer— or if you would like them to do something else that they're not doing, it's perfectly reasonable and totally okay to make a request that they make that change. And I say this because a lot of these manuals we have for people have never actually been brought to the attention of the other person, obviously. A lot of the time we just have secret expectations and silently seethe when they don't get it right. So you can ask for something different, knowing that they still have free will and autonomy to say yes or no to your request and have their own reasons for doing so. And the message here is ultimately, we can't control how other people behave. What we can control is what we're making it all mean. When your partner doesn't follow your manual, it doesn't serve anyone 
to tell yourself that it means that they don't love you or aren't as invested as you are. Unless they actually say the words, I don't love you and I don't care about you as much as you care about me, which is very different. When you make it mean those things, you might feel some resentment, for example. And from that place of resentment, you'll show up to the conversations that follow with that resentment shaping the way that you approach the conversation. And it doesn't change things for the better. It doesn't create more love, more connection, or deeper commitment, or even just simply understanding. Okay, so what do I do with this information you might be asking? And I want to recommend a little exercise. I like to suggest actually writing this down. When we see it all on paper, it's more tangible, and I think that helps our brain process it in a different way. So I want you to get a pen and a piece of paper. And I want you to think about the last time your partner kind of dropped the ball on something during your infertility process. I want you to write down the circumstances surrounding this. And this would be something factual, like the clinic called with a negative result, or the doctor gave a particular diagnosis, or a specific test was required, or the embryo transfer happened. And from there, I want you to write out your full manual for how your partner should have thought, felt, and acted in this situation. And I want you to get really specific about it. Don't just write, they should have texted me back. Go into detail. They should have felt concerned, dropped everything immediately, and texted me back as fast as possible. Even better if they had called. Don't just write, they would have asked me how I was when we both got home. Go into detail. They should have met me at the door with a bit of a tear in their eye and given me a big warm hug while they were asking me how I was doing. Write out the entire manual. Don't leave any detail out. And from there, I want you to read it over a couple times. Just kind of see what's in there. And from there, I want you to answer all of these questions. What would I get to think about my partner if they did all of these things? What would I get to think about myself if they did all of these things? What would I get to feel? And then, I want you to consider this question. What if it was totally possible to think about your partner and yourself in those ways, even though they didn't do it in the way, according to your manual, that you thought they should? How might it be true that those thoughts are actually available to you right now. Now, if this exercise and these patterns don't seem accessible to you right now, it's totally okay. I would simply like to invite you to get curious about it all. Ask yourself, might there be a reason why they chose to do it that way instead of the way you wanted them to? If so, what might that reason be? Or better yet, you could simply just ask your partner. Why didn't you ask me more questions about the results when I texted you about it? The answer just might be, I really wanted to have the conversation in person, or I didn't want to break down in the meeting I was in the middle of, or it's just not how my brain processes things. It might even be something negative when they answer you, but at least then you'll know for sure, and you can decide what you want to do with that. So I've created a little PDF worksheet for writing out your manual for your partner, or any other human that you interact with. You can print out a bunch or just download it to use it as a journal prompt. If you want to grab this PDF for free, you can sign up to get access to the free fertility stress relief toolkit. It's inside the kit, along with a few other things that will help you get out of your head so you can live your life during your fertility process. 
To get instant access, you're going to head to michellecapler.com forward slash toolkit and grab that for free. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast and you're interested in learning more about how we can work together, head to the show notes and click work with Michelle to learn more about current options. That's it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my dear.